We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Pack a Day Podcast. I'm Steve Ferretti, joined as always by Dusty Evely and Sarah Kelleher. You heard that right. We're all in the same Zoom call together. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say same room, but that's not true. We are not in the same room. We're all on the same uh, Zencaster program together. So, guys, what's been going on? Dusty playing through an injury. We really appreciate it, but uh, let the people hear that beautiful voice for the first time in a while. Yeah, I don't know how beautiful it is. It's going a little in and out still. I'm not back to 100%, but uh, excited to talk to you guys. It's been been a couple weeks, been a long couple weeks. I've been sitting here on Tuesdays just twiddling my thumbs, hoping to have someone to talk to. Uh, so it's good to actually be back talking to you guys. So they appreciate everyone's patience on that. Well, we're glad that you're back and it's nice to be back with both of you. I feel like it's been forever since the three of us have been together. So I'm excited. I know the holidays are a busy time, so everyone's schedules are a bit different. So it's nice that the gang is back together um, to celebrate this bye week and then head into the playoffs. Yeah, it's, it's an exciting time. Packers, uh, you know, not the best outcome in, in the world in uh, in Detroit, but, you know, some positives to take away from it. I think there was uh, some good stuff, but um, news and notes coming around for the Packers today on Tuesday. You guys hear this Wednesday, so you, you should know this by now, but Billy Turner has been activated. And uh, per Matt Lafleur, it seems that he should return this week to practice. Uh, so that's a great thing, guys. I mean, getting your starting right tackle back, getting your starting left tackle back, like, Man, this Packers offensive line and your center and Myers coming back too. So I mean, getting three fifths of sixty percent of a line back like that—that's nothing but a good thing, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and given how Bakhtiari looked back in his his limited snaps this past week, if everyone else comes back looking seventy-five percent of how he looked, be in real good shape, man. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers is going to have like twenty minutes to throw the ball. <laughs> It's going to be outstanding. Uh, all right, so let's jump in. It's NFL off, you know, off season for some now. Uh, officially, after week eighteen is over, uh, came down today that Joe Judge was fired, and there's also, um, you know, the Bears are just a, a complete shit show, man. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm having a great time. Like we talked beforehand, uh, I was having a little bit of a rough day from work yesterday, and what I decided to do my, to make myself feel better. 
Yeah, I turned on Chicago Sports Radio, ESPN 1000. I used to work for them. I loved them. They're great people down there. But, man, they were not happy with the way things were going. You would have thought firing Nagy, firing Pace. They would be joyous. But, no, McCaskey had to hold his press conference and sound like a huge moron and just give people all sorts of fun stuff to talk about. So, uh, you know, Bears fans talking about how they're embarrassed to be Bears fans. It, it, it's run like a mom and pop grocery store. Um, like, oh, my God, I I left, you know, that 15 minutes of listening to Chicago Sports Radio. I was pretty happy after that. So uh, but what were your guys some takeaways from some of the things that are going on? You know, coaches being fired and um, and all that kind of stuff. Dusty, let's start with you. Yeah, I mean, the judge thing just came down today on Tuesday, and that was like, <laughs> it's almost like he was begging for that to happen. He somehow survived when he should not have survived in the first place. I mean, they've done such a terrible job up there. They hadn't, <laughs> not that I've ever seen this before. Maybe I'm sure it's happened in the past, but they went to this last game without a full 53-man roster because they couldn't afford to pay. I think they went in with 51 because they couldn't afford to pay another two guys. So they, they couldn't fill out their full 53 uh, because of money things. They're, they've paid big money to the guys who didn't do anything. They're strapped for cash. He has done nothing but make himself seem like the most unlikable person in the world. And they were like, we're keeping him. And then he spent the next like three days just saying just the dumbest things imaginable. We're like, is he trying to get fired? And then the sure enough, they fired him. So uh, that was not shocking in the least. The floor did is you, one. Did you yeah. see the... Um... The the one play, this is the only highlight I caught of the Giants. The highlight, the QB sneak that they like third and nine, nine in the, from the five yard line. Like, I don't trust you to throw the ball. I don't trust you to throw the ball at all. Just QB sneak it. You had they to talked, They talked about it on Pat McAfee, and it was hilarious what Roger said about it. It was so good. <laughs> yeah, I don't know okay. if I've ever seen anything like that. It was insane. Like, he, he should have been canned right after that play. The fact that he made it as long as it is insane. So, it, I mean, he's gone, which, I mean, I don't know. Good for them, I guess. But I don't know what they're going to do with it. But I, I, the Flores one gets me. I don't, I don't know. Like He seemed like a good coach. He seemed well-loved. That one's shocking. But uh, the judge stuff came down today. And that was, since that was the most recent one that's on my mind, and that was just, that was just bizarre. It's just been a bizarre couple of days. Yeah. The fact that Flores lost his job before judge is just yeah. Insane. Like, that, that should never even have been a thing. I really just can't believe that the Dolphins fired Flores to begin with. Like you said, Dusty, I was pretty surprised about that, considering what they were able to do the second half of their season. But, yeah, I mean, you said it all about Judge. He he was trying to get fired at this point. So, there you go, buddy. You got what you wanted. <laughs> And other news coming out, uh, when you have a very highly successful team for a couple of years in a row, that means people are going to want to start poaching your uh, your lower-level coaches. So came out today, we heard that uh, Luke Getze is going to be interviewing for the head coaching position of the Broncos. Uh, Hackett has already gotten interest in interviews for the Broncos, Jaguars, and the Chicago Bears. Uh, so guys, we'll, like uh, Sarah, we'll, come, we'll start right back with you, but what are you feeling with uh, – with all these guys trying to be poached from the Packers. Yeah, I mean, the Broncos are just doing anything to get Aaron Rodgers' attention, right? That's what everybody on Twitter is saying. But um, I, mean, I wasn't super surprised. Getsy a little bit. I know he's well-respected and a lot of the players love him, and obviously he's done great things in Green Bay. But with Hackett, we knew this was going to happen all season. As soon as they were having trouble in Jacksonville with Urban Meyer, everybody on Packers' Twitter 
um, and who follows the team was like, well, they're definitely going to probably interview Hackett for the job. And then I'm not surprised that other teams are um, contacting him. I mean, it's it would be hilarious if the Bears um, and Hackett happened. I hope not because it seems like the Bears just destroy everything that they touch sometimes. <laughs> and I, for one, really like Hackett. So I wish him success and nothing but it. Um, but it's not super surprising. I mean, when you're the number one seed in the NFC two years in a row, and both those guys play a big part in that and a high-scoring offense with you know some of the best players in the league, people are going to hit you up and try to bring you on their staff. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, sir, I mean, you, you hit all those notes. I mean, it's, it's when you have something that's been this sustained this well, I mean, that's, I mean, it's, it's interesting and it's good for him because it's always been with the, the floor coach of the year conversation. It's kind of the same way as well, here's Aaron Rodgers. I feel like Hackett maybe gets consideration before this if it wasn't, well, he has Aaron Rodgers. But, I mean, he's been behind some really nice offenses for a very long time, um, and they've built a really nice thing in Green Bay. You know, they've kind of made a very efficient, modernized, and yet creative offense that has been sustained sustained, <laughs> sustained success throughout the past three years. And, again, he's done that throughout his career. So once you have this kind of sustained success, you know, eventually it's the brain drain. This ends up happening. Guys end up going out. And so, I mean, really the only shock for me is that it's taken this long for Hackett. Like you said, Sarah, I think Getsy is a bit of a surprise. But Hackett is – Hackett you knew, like especially last year, the way guys were talking about him and the way the offense was rolling. Like it's only a matter of time. The fact that he lasted into 2021 I think was more surprising to me than all the interest he's getting now. And Sarah actually uh, delivered with some of the the most intriguing news right before this podcast started was that uh, Amazon, who is going to be having the Thursday night football special, is that right, Sarah? They're going to have mm-hmm. Thursday nights? Okay. Well, it sounds like they're going to make it real fun because they're in talks and have interest in bringing Marshawn Lynch on to be part of that broadcast, which all three of us were like, dude. Yes, this is going to be outstanding. Give the man a box of Skittles and let him just tell some stories. Yeah, it apparently said it was a studio type show. um, And that's all they really said. It was pretty brief. So I'm not sure if it would be studio pregame during halftime. I'd have to think that they might cut back and forth during the game. But I want it. I absolutely want it. And I think this would make Thursday night football way more entertaining. I I don't think anybody necessarily loves Thursday night football. I mean, we like it because it's football and all of us are fans of the game. We get to watch something. But it's always – there's just this thing about it where you're like, oh, Thursday night game, here we go. And I think if you're looking for somebody to add some flair to it, to make it fun, bring some excitement back to Thursday night football – Marshawn Lynch is probably your guy, so I'm here for it. I watched Marshawn Lynch. I watched a segment of him in like a middle school science <laughs> science class. Like just being and I was like, I'd watch that man do anything. So yeah, just give him the only thing I'll ask, make it just no edits. Just give Marshawn Lynch, give him the floor, but would slap whatever rating you need to on that to get clear of stuff, and then you just just let that man cook. Just don't say it out of the way. I think one of my favorite things I ever saw him in was uh, he was on Conan before the Super Bowl. And it was like him and Gronk playing video games against each other. Yeah. And it was like Mortal. They were playing like Mortal Kombat, not even Madden. They were playing like Mortal Kombat. And it was amazing. So, uh, yeah, any more putting him on TV for sure. Uh, Sarah, let's let's keep it going with you. Pat McAfee's show. Um, we can't air any of it on the podcast because there's a, there was a lot of F-bombs from the one clip that I saw. But uh, tell us some of the highlights. 
Yes, lots of F-bombs for sure. Um, And that had to do with the boycott rumors that I know all of you listening (laughs) heard and read about that um, someone in Roger's inner circle, um, a, a trusted source, said that if the Packers make the Super Bowl, that Rogers would be out of his 90 day testing window. And, you know, he's been vocal about how he doesn't necessarily agree with the NFL's COVID-19 protocols and that he would boycott the Super Bowl to get their attention and that he told Jordan Love to be ready. Uh, Obviously, (laughs) none of that is true. That was one of the most ridiculous things I've heard. And Rogers basically said just that. So, you know, he said, I've given a lot less F's the last few years, but something that I give a lot of F's about are just some of the narratives that go that are about him that aren't true at all. You know, he said some things I can just let fly because it's minor, but this was so important to him that he had to respond to it. He felt it was just the most ridiculous thing. And we all saw they had a lot of fun with it. Kurt Benkert got involved. Jordan Love got involved. They were all quote tweeting each other on Twitter. Matt Flynn even got involved. So he said we had a good time. Um, He called it, I'll quote him, ridiculously stupid and quote, dumbest shit I've ever heard and quote. Um, (laughs) And basically just straight faced into the camera after ranting about it for multiple minutes said, you know, if you're this person out there in my inside circle, you don't know who you don't know me. So stop acting like you do. So he clearly had a lot to get off his chest there. Um, and like Steve said, lots of f bombs uh, dropped in that little segment there. They also talked about the game against the Lions, um, and particularly David Bakhtiari and Josh Myers, and what it was like to have both those guys back. Uh, He had mentioned that Bakhtiari was a little bit on the fence about playing um, and that Rodgers really encouraged him to think about it and that it might be good for him to get some reps. And he said, you know, I'm not going to be quite 100 percent. So when I come back, like you better not expect that you're going to have all this extra time and that I'm going to block for you on the left side. Like you, you better still get the ball out quick and do what you need to do. And he said there was one play where on the left side, Rodgers was running around like crazy and he was doing all this stuff and he held on the ball super long and then he ended up just throwing it away or something. And after Bakhtiari turns around and just kind of looked at him like, really, man? Like, I, we talked about this. I told you not to do this to me and you still did. Uh, so it was, he was obviously just elated that he was back, you know, their buddies. And he was super excited about Myers too and just said, you know, there's a difference when they're, when they're in the game. They talked about uh, Hackett and Getsy and just – everything that we've already talked about there and how Roger said, you know, I'm very happy for them. We have a great staff all around. And he really thought it was overdue for Hackett, just like Dusty said that he was surprised, you know, there wasn't more conversation in previous years around it. Uh, They also talked about Matt LaFord again, how Rogers really hopes that he's coach of the year. He said he thinks that it would be a nice bow on the top of really great three years and, no, but that nobody works harder than him. And it's not necessarily the, oh, he's there at the facility, you know, late at night, but it's when he's there, he's productive and he's working his butt off to make sure everybody um, knows their part. And he's leading by example in doing that. And uh, Ty asked a really great question about just preparation. Does it change now that you're in the playoffs or does your process remain the same? He said, 
if your preparation is good when, you know, things are going bad, um, then it's not good enough, obviously, um, if you're losing and you feel like you're preparing well, but that they want to prepare the same way. It just that the tempo picks up. He said, you know, now we're playing the best of the best. We're going to prepare the same way, but it might be a little bit more high level. We might get into it um, a bit more because it gets really intense when you're playing, you know, by the time Packers play, it'll be the eight in total best teams that are left. Um, and, you know, you talk about how they're excited that they have the home field advantage, the fans and weather always play um, to their advantage in Green Bay. And he also talked a little bit about the potential um, kneel off in the Chargers Raiders game on Sunday night and how if they would have just kneeled the entire game that they both would have gone to the playoffs. He said the only thing stupider than the boycott rumor would would have been this. So he was <laughs> anti um, this concept and talked about that a little bit and really that's it. No book club this week since there's no game. He said, AJ Hawk asked him, you know, 10 years from now, what are you going to want to do? And he said, Oh, maybe I'll write a book about, you know, something or, and he joked all the crazy fake narratives about me throughout the years. And we could talk about which ones, you know, I thought were funny. And the last thing he really said was we're going on a run. So I love that from QB1. Packers are going on a run, and hopefully they win it all. Well, guys, it is officially wild card weekend. So I thought it might be fun just uh, kind of run down the games. We've got a couple Saturday, a couple Sunday, and for the first time, wild card Monday as well, <laughs> which uh, kind of seems stupid, but I, 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 I don't know. I feel like if you make the playoffs, you shouldn't be, you know, have a game on a Monday and then have to play like on Sunday. Like you should, that just seems stupid for the playoffs, but Hey, obviously the NFL does not care what, what regular fans think, but let's run through uh, the games on Saturday. Uh, we'll start with them and see what you guys, who you think is going to win. If you have any comments, but just keep it quick. We'll run through, but first game on the docket will be the Raiders at the Bengals. So dusty, who are you thinking there? Bengals, man, they've really figured something out with their offense. They've been – they're kind of fits and starts early. They've been killing it lately. And the Raiders, I mean, Raiders defense slightly suspect. They – they uh, Phylon's down, and he had a great game against the Chargers. And they're coming off just an absolute, like, boxing match, no-hold barred, like, last game of the year. I'm sure they're exhausted. And then going in, I think I, – I think it's going to be a boat race. I think the Bengals probably just run away with this early. I'm also going to take the Bengals for all the same reasons. I think they're just on a roll right now, and their fan base is crazy, so they have that home field advantage too that, similar to the Packers, I think is really going to benefit them. Yeah, we're going to go three for three on that one, so I'm taking the Bengals as well. Uh, the other game on Saturday is going to be the New England Patriots, 10-7, and seven, visiting the uh, Buffalo Bills, who are 11-6. and six. So, Sarah, we'll start with you. Who you got? Yeah, I'm actually really looking forward to this just because the rivalry between those two teams and the fan bases is brutal. Um, but I would take the Patriots. I don't know. I just feel weird betting against Belichick. Um, you know, he's evil genius, and he, he kind of gives me Nick Saban vibes of, I mean, I know Alabama lost, but typically I just don't feel good about betting against Alabama and Saban. So for that reason, I'm, I'm going to pick Patriots. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm going to go Bills, but I don't feel great about it. Kind of some of them for the same reason. Josh Allen has has had a nice season and some like some really good moments but also he he still can just do dumb stuff and one of the things like what it may come down to is either just one dumb mistake from Josh Allen or I was looking at some red zone stuff so for Foot, uh, looking at football outsiders, Buffalo has the number four ranked red zone offense and the Patriots have the number one red zone defense. So they're, that's kind of strength against strength there. On the other end, the Patriots are the number three red zone offense and the Buffalo is a 12th ranked red zone defense. So I feel like that could come down to a stop in either red zone that kind of determines that. Uh, I, like I said, I think the, the Bills, Bills talent is better. I think if the Bills are really humming, I think they win this fairly easily. But between Belichick Josh Allen doing dumb stuff and some of the red zone stuff. I think it's a I think it's a close game. You know, they they have the divisional stuff too. But I just I don't know. I still what I've seen from Mac Jones over the past few games seems like he's I mean he's had he had that fifty point over a couple weeks ago, but he's had moments the rookie moments showing up a little more. And I just feel like that's gonna that's gonna rear its head a bit. Yeah, and I was going with Bills. You kind of stole my thunder right at the end. I was going to say a year too early for the Patriots, like in Mac Jones. Like, I feel like if this was a home game for them, it'd be different. If this was, you know, he had the home crowd behind him. But, you know, going into that Bills-Rockets crowd, like, that's a lot for for a rookie quarterback to take on. So, I think I'm going to take the Bills on that one. Then we move on to Sunday. First game of the day is going to be the Eagles, who are 9-8, and eight, at the Buccaneers, who are 12-4. and four. So, Dusty, what you thinking? I think the Bucs are going to rip them to shreds. Yeah. I think the, the Eagles could make this. Like if they're able to shorten the game, that, they've got a good running game, and the, but the Bucs have a good run defense. But if they can get their run game going and shorten it a little bit and make it kind of ugly, they've got a chance. But that Eagles defense just is not good, and the Bucs – Bucks are just kind of a machine. You know, they're missing some pieces, and but I, I think they're, uh, I think they're going to kill them. Yeah, I agree. Nothing more to add there. Since we don't have anything officially on the line for this, I'm just going to take the Eagles because I would prefer to see Tom Brady lose. So I'm just, sure. just I mean, I would thinking. love it if that happened. <laughs> That'd <but>. be amazing. <laughs> Uh, okay, game two of Sunday is going to be the 49ers who are ten and seven at the Cowboys who are twelve and five. Sarah, what do you think? 
Oof, this is another one that I'm just excited about. I I think the Cowboys are going to win. I just feel like McCarthy has got something good there right now. Dak has looked good. They have a great, well-rounded team, and that's what you need going into the playoffs. And the 49ers, Jimmy G at times is just too inconsistent. And they can be all over the place, and they either look like the most exciting electric team in the league, or they just don't look good at all. And with that, I'm gonna pick Cowboys. I'm I'm gonna go Niners. This is this is the game I'm looking forward to the most this weekend. Um, and I think it comes down to, I mean, really, some of it does come down to Jimmy G. Um, just because I, I think if the Niners can establish a run game, they've really figured something out with. You know, the way they use in Debo Samuel and the way they've really mixed up how they use him as the year goes on and you know George Kittle being healthy and what they could do in the run game. They've got a good, really good run game, and they'll lean on that if it's working. They've got the fifth-ranked rush offense in the league by football outsiders, and Dallas is the 16th-ranked rushing defense. So if they can get some traction in the run game and really kind of dictate some of that stuff, the Niners win this. If that gets shut down, I think they lose badly because what the Cowboys <laughs> – Cowboys defense will bring pressure – and then they just will capitalize on turnovers. I mean, they've they've got some guys they've got some guys back there, and they've got guys up front that will just destroy the pass rush. And they've got really they've got guys who'll just ball hawks in the in the, in the uh, secondary there. So if they make Jimmy throw, if they can't get the run game, and Jimmy's throwing like by halfway through the first quarter, if it's I mean we're getting stuff, we got to throw that game's done. If Jimmy G has to throw more than. 18 times. I think the Niners lose this, but I'm going to take them just because I think they're going to break out some fun stuff, do some good stuff with Debo Samuel and just do enough in the run game to, uh, to win this. But I think it's going to be close. I'm really excited about this one. I'm going to go Cowboys as well. I think the NFL really, really, really wants Aaron Rodgers versus Mike McCarthy in the championship game. And I, I can already see like the website, you know, of, like reminiscent of the mighty ducks when Gordon of Bombay takes on the for his former coach. And uh, you know, like the, like the two dark silhouettes in their faces, like half covered in, in black. Well, you know, both beards sticking out, like I can see it. So I, I just imagine that the NFL is going to make sure that the Cowboys win this with a few favorable calls. Uh, last game of Sunday is going to be the Steelers, who somehow squeak in at nine seven and one eight seven nine seven and one yeah nine seven and one, and the Kansas City Chiefs at twelve and five. Guys, I think I have an idea where we're all going to go with this one, but Dusty, let's start it off. I wanted a tie on Sunday night so bad, just because I didn't want to watch the Steelers anymore. Yeah, like I'm just this offense is terrible. Just. Borderline unwatchable. The defense is good, but the offense is terrible. I don't like Ben Roethlisberger. I just didn't want them in. So the consolation prize for them not getting in is just getting just pantsed on national TV against the Chiefs. So, I mean, Chiefs, they played in Week 15, and the Chiefs murdered them without Travis Kelsey with very little um, uh, Tyreek Hill. So I think, uh, you know, maybe it's a little closer. It's the playoffs, blah, blah, blah. But I think the Chiefs killed this one. Agreed. Nothing to add. All right, guys, Monday, the final uh, wildcard playoff game. The uh, Arizona Cardinals, 11-6 and six versus the uh, L.A. Rams at 12-5. and five. So, Sarah, where are you going? This is another one I'm looking forward to, um, and I think the Cardinals are going to take it. Um, the Rams at times, Matthew Stafford, he just seems like – I. I and I like Matthew Stafford. I never want him to fail, but he seems like he just kind of chokes sometimes in high pressure situations. And in the playoffs, I'd rather put my money on Kyler Murray. So 
Cardinals. I'm going cards as well. Um, I'm perfectly fine watching Matthew Stafford fail. He's, <laughs> I have zero issue with it. I mean, that was the thing with him going to the Rams is like, uh, is it, have you guys watched Detroit? Like, yeah, they had some bad years, but they weren't completely devoid of talent. And this is just, this is who he is going back to his college days. I've watched him going back to Georgia and this is just, it's who he's always been. So, I mean, I think, I think overall, and I think with some of the injuries the cards have, I think, you know, the Rams have the better team. But I think the way the Cardinals defense is playing and the way Stafford is just like, I'm going to give you three balls that you can pick off every single game. I, I just think that's, I think that's going to be, I think Stafford's going to be Stafford and that's the game. Yeah. I don't know how it's going to happen. Like he's going to have his Stafford moments, but I feel like they're going to be early. I think they're going to get it, come out of his system early and they're, they're going to advance just this being the home game. Um, for whatever reason, I just feel like the Rams are, are going to be the one to move on. So because uh, I, I need another uh, – at some level, I, I want to see Aaron Rodgers smiling at the Rams' defense before he throws a 45-yard touchdown pass. Like, I need to see that again. That was pretty awesome. So, all right, guys, uh, we've got one more topic before we hit some questions. So, there has been quite a few firings in the NFL. And what – we got actually a, a question from uh, one of Dusty followers who sent that to him. So, that kind of inspired this thought process in my mind. But – uh, we're going to take uh, all of the coaches that have been fired so far, and you get to bring in one as a special consultant for the Super Bowl run for the Packers. So you tell me who it's going to be. So the list so far, we've got the Giants fired Joe Judge. The Bears have fired Matt Nagy. The Vikings uh, fired Zimmer. Dolphins fired Flores. Broncos fired Fangio. Jag- Jaguars fired Urban Meyer. If anybody picks him, we're just going to kick you off the podcast. And John Gruden, same type of situation. So you really have five coaches to, to choose from. Dusty, what are you thinking? Where Where's your head at? Give me Fangio. Um, I've been a big fan of Fangio for a very long time. And then on top of that, I mean, Joe Barry runs, you know, a variation of the Fangio system. He you know, came up through, you know, obviously he was, he was with the Rams last year with, uh, with Staley. And Staley was a Fangio disciple before coaching under uh, Fangio. So I think this, this kind of too high that, is kind of sweeping the uh, the NFL world a little bit. I mean, that was Fangio was doing that long before anyone else has been doing it. As about a master of that, like a very good defensive mind for his faults as a head coach, like still a very good defensive mind comes in, bring him in as a special consultant, and he, uh, you know, the the defense, the Packers defense has certainly been up and down. So I think they could use some help there and having a mind like Fangio, who is kind of the mastermind of what Barry is trying to do anyway. Uh, I think just refines this defense without needing to give it. An overhaul. No one's no one's changing roles. No one's having to do anything different. You're just you're you're t- tightening some of the finer points. So for me, it's I mean, it's I really like Zimmer. Zimmer was kind of a, a close second there, uh, but I think just based on the familiarity with the system uh, and just my love of him in general, uh, Fangio's my number one. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And for me, it um, would be Flores and Zimmer with close second as well. I just think both of them are the best of the group that has been fired. 
And Zimmer obviously has a really good defensive mind and where the Packers need help is, you know, on that side of the ball, if they need it anywhere, I mean, special teams, of course, but um, specifically there. So Zimmer, I think could be um, helpful in that area. And then Flores just seems like he's a player's coach and that's always a good thing to have when you're trying to have a deep Super Bowl run. It's just somebody that you can get behind and that you appreciate. I'm actually going to go with Zimmer just because, like you guys said, he would definitely help with the defense. But I feel like Aaron Rodgers could finally sit down with him and be like, okay, dude, what do you see when we play? Like, what were the things that you figured out against me? Because nobody else in the world really seems to have it figured out. But, like, for whatever reason, Zimmer always had good ways to, to mess with, with Rodgers. So it would give him an extra way to pick pick his brain as well. So I think that would be pretty cool. All right, guys, we always ask for your questions over Twitter. And, again, uh, thank you, as always, for sending those in. We got a bunch of good ones today, so we'll try to hit a couple up and um, and see where we go from there. So first one we'll go with is Rich Ward. This is more of a dusty question, so since we've missed you for a couple of weeks, we'll, we'll tee you off right away. LaFleur noted that Douglas Stokes and Jair are all outside corners in response to a question about putting one of them in the slot. How would you handle Jair's return? Can a cornerback switch from outside to inside easily if they're traditionally used uh, used to being on the outside? So I don't know that you can switch them easily. When I'm looking at this, I always look at what are the what are the traits of the guy that you're talking about necessarily, and just just the traits of Jair Alexander, kind of that shorter, twitched up Uber athlete that screams slot defender to me. So I mean, I think if it's a me. And if you want to, I mean, and I've, I've said this before, but I think when, when he comes back and it's not so in the in old NFL, you think of like kind of old offenses slot was like your number three guy. And so you've got, uh, you've got kind of a lesser wide receiver there. So you can afford to put a nickel back or something on him, like someone who's maybe not, not your top guy in today's NFL with compressed splits and moving guys around. I mean, Debo Samuel, they're putting him in the backfield. The Devonte Adam runs a lot of routes out of the slot. It's harder to defend out of the slot because you can go anywhere. That's the, when you're an outside receiver, when you're an outside corner, you've got the boundary as a defender. So you can pin a guy to the boundary there. You've only got a handful of releases you can do there. So it's kind of a different way to play it. When you put, I mean, if you just watch Devonte on the slot, he can do anything he wants. He can, he gets that little breakdown stutter step there. He can go slant. He can go outside. He can beat you up over the top. You've got so many different ways to beat someone out in the slot that you need someone that, that can cover all of that in the slot. I think just the traits that Jair has to me seems like a perfect fit for that role there. And you put, you know, Stokes has done really well on the outside. He doesn't quite have, I think some of the movement that Jair does. He's not at this point. Russell Douglas, the same way. So if it's me, I'd say Douglas and Stokes are on the outside. And obviously by matchup, it determines I'm not camping everyone on the outside all the time. You can kind of move some of those guys around. But predominantly, I'd put with those guys, I'd put Jair in the slot and then move him around if you need to. And again, depends on matchup. If they're aligning a better guy outside and you want Jair on that better guy, you bump, Doug, you bump Douglas inside. But I think Jair is my, would be my pick for slot guy just based on athletic traits and what he, what he can do. Next up, Matt Pickett. Now that the NS that the playoffs are set, which NFC team do you think is the easiest matchup for us based on their strengths and weaknesses? And which one is the hardest? And for a food question, what's your favorite cold weather dinner? Sarah, we'll start with you. Yeah, so I mean if we're just picking the easiest team, it would be um, in my mind, if somehow the Eagles pulled off a, a miracle and, you know, beat the Bucks, yeah, they would probably be the easiest team for the Packers to beat in the playoffs. And on the contrary, uh, I'm most worried again about the Bucks. 
Uh, I really think there's a good chance that it could be a rematch of the NFC Championship from last year. They're obviously a good team. Brady, again, similar thing. It always just feels awkward to bet against him. And it. we saw what happened last year. They picked apart the defense, Kevin King, all of that. Offense couldn't finish the game out. So I worry about them and it being just deja vu in the worst way possible. Um, and then I feel like Matt knew what my answer was going to be to this, but soup all day, every day, chili, honorary mention. Yeah. And for me, I think it's, it's, we say easiest. I mean, Sarah, you're right. I mean, if it's the Eagles, I think none of us expect the Eagles to advance, but <laughs> that's the team there. Um, but I, it, it's all, it's, they're all playoff teams. So they're all good. So I don't want to say like, this is the easiest because they're easy. Like all of these present, big challenges because they made the playoffs, you know, like unless you're the Eagles or the Steelers or something, you're a pretty good team. Um, I'm going to say the Cowboys just because of matchups. Uh, again, they're a good team. They got a good offense. They got a good running game. They can do, I think specifically on defense, because what they, what they do to beat you with is they've got a tremendous pass rush and they rely on takeaways. The Packers have a good offensive line with some returning pieces. So not to say that you're going to get rid of that entirely, but you can mitigate that strength a little bit. With I me, mean, Parsons is just an absolute animal, and uh, Tank Lawrence and and Randy Gregory. I mean, just absolute forces inside. But I think you can mitigate that a little bit, and then the takeaways like the Packers just don't turn the ball over. I think they turn the ball over. I think with the two love interceptions the past week, and the I think Winfrey had a fumble. I think they've turned the ball over thirteen times all year, which I think is the lowest in the league and the lowest in the past twenty years or something like that. Like, and some turnovers are fluky. But if you're relying on a ball hawk, if you're basically you're saying our ball hawk is cornerback is going to pick this off or he's going to get burned for 50 yards, Rodgers will burn him for 50 yards. So I think just based on defensive matchup, I think the Cowboys match up worse with them in terms of the things that they're very good at. The Packers can mitigate that a little bit. And as far as the team that scares me, I mean, I've said this before. I think the Bucks are a really good choice. I'd, I'd still go with the Niners because I kept saying at the time, I've been saying this, I think, for the past six weeks, the time it was, you don't know if the Niners are going to make it. And they had some ugly losses. I said, if they make the playoffs and they get this far, it's because they figured some stuff out. And you still have, you know, Shanahan has given them problems in the past, you know, not the past couple times. But when they're healthy, they've, Shanahan's given them lots of trouble. He knows how to he knows how to identify weaknesses. He knows how to exploit them with the pieces they have and the way they're humming right now. I think if they beat the Cowboys, which again I, I think they will, they present a I think a, a sizable challenge to the Packers just because Packers run defense. I mean they don't care too much about run defense, and I'm perfectly fine with that. They rally and tackle the Niners. If they find a weakness, and there are weaknesses. They'll just exploit it over and over, and they'll run at you over and over again. So I think for me, that's that's again, Bucks are scary. Like every team's a little scary, but I think the Niners are still the one that just kind of scare me the most. I think at this point. And your favorite cold weather dinner? Oh yeah, you know what? My mom brought Bob Rock, uh, gumbo today, which is like Ooh. kind of a soup, but not really a soup. And man, it'd been a while since I had a gumbo and it was 17 degrees outside today. So I'm going to say that because of recency bias. Okay. Yeah. I think I'm kind of on board with you guys. Eagles, Bucks, like that's my pick for that. Um, as far you, you guys have pretty much covered everything that needs to be said on that level. So, uh, favorite cold weather dinner. I don't, I think it's pretty obvious where I'm going and you know, that's chilly all day long. Like that's once there's the nip in the air, like you, you get that inkling if you make a, make a good batch of chili. So, uh, first, pa- first batch this, this year was pretty good too. So next question, Eric Rose has got a three parter. So 
Uh, a, how is your number one? How is your voice dusty? We worry about you. Your listeners do too. Can't vouch for Steve and Eric. Go screw yourself, Eric. Uh, number two, what's your favorite play from the season so far? And number three, two new Oreos have launched as of one three twenty two. A toffee crunch and ultimate chocolate. And what are your thoughts? So, uh, Sarah, we'll go with you. Um, favorite play, and have you tried the new Oreos? All right. Uh, I haven't tried the new Oreos. I didn't know there were new Oreos, which are which is pretty bad considering we're the Oreo uh, podcast group. So I need to look into that for sure. And then favorite play of the season. Oh, that's so tough. There have been so many that I really enjoyed. Um, hmm. Probably one that sticks out to me, and it was just because I was there and I got to see it in person, was... Rogers rushing touchdown um, against the Steelers and just how he was so excited and just all the photos that came out of it. And it just was pretty cool to see it in person too. So I'll go with that one. Uh, For me, let's see my voice. It's not great. It's better than I've been. I mean, honestly, you couldn't understand me like a week ago. Um, I told Sarah I was going to do the podcast with her a week ago. And then I had a conversation with my boss and he couldn't understand half of what I was saying. So I was like, oh, I can't do the podcast this week. So uh, better than it was. Still less than perfect. Thank you for asking. Uh, favorite play. Is that it? Was that the second part? Favorite yeah. play from the uh, There's a thousand different ways I could go with this. I can go with different. Some of my favorite passing concepts that won this past week have waited three years on the breakout. But I think when I think of like a memorable play, it was the Rasul Douglas walk-off interception against the cards. And Steve's throwing up his hands Sounds because it's also the one that That's he was going I with. Wanted. I mean, I was also, uh, you know, there was a couple other Rasul Douglas moments, but just because that that ended the game. Uh, that was, you know, they won that game. It was a short week. Cardinals were undefeated. Devontae was out. Didn't have a great feeling going in. Just on pins and needles, you know, the Packers were doing well. Packers were up. And just that that interception down in the red zone to end the game, that was just – that was huge. So it's hard uh, – That's I think, Sarah, I think you talked about this a few weeks back. That was like – that was the moment when you were like, oh, okay. Like, this is that kind of team this year. So it was kind of – it was a big moment in the season, huge moment in that game. So, uh, so yeah, I'll go uh, – so I have to go. I apologize, Steve, but yeah, we're still dug us against. Uh, against- I, I legitimately thought about skipping you. I somehow knew that this <laughs> was going to be your answer, and like you had a pause from it. I was like, I should just go. I should just go and take make sure that I don't get my answer stolen. But uh, yeah, answer was definitely stolen. That was that was my favorite play so far. And then yeah, I have not seen. I was at Target today. My daughter got her second COVID shot, so that was great. But. Nice. Uh, I always check the Oreos, and I did not see either of the new ones yet. So when I get them, obviously, I'll buy them and give you a, a taste test. But, uh, you know, I would say my best guess out of those two would be the, the ultimate chocolate would probably be the better of the two. So, yeah. John Kramer, why has Darnell Savage been so bad in coverage this year? How can Joe Barry account for that in the playoffs? And late at night at a diner, do you eat breakfast or dinner, and what do you order? So, uh, Dusty, I feel like this first part of the question is for you, so let's have you uh, take care of that one. Yeah, I don't know that I've noticed he's been terrible. I mean, he's missed some plays, you know, obviously, and I think that's – I don't know, maybe part of his game, you know, he's kind of an uber athlete, ton of speed. Sometimes he has a tendency to be a little too aggressive, maybe overrun some stuff, think he can get back with, with catch-up speed or something. So maybe just something he'll learn, maybe something he won't. But I've, I haven't really noticed him being, like, out-and-out out terrible. I think he's been inconsistent, uh, but he's, he's I think he's certainly been 
more good than bad. I don't think he's had the breakout season that many, including myself, have really hoped for. Uh, but I think in terms of mitigating for the playoffs, not necessarily mitigating. I think just the way you use him, and and you can't again, you can't really use a guy in the same way all the time. That's not how the, how it works. But when he's able to kind of when they show that too high look, and he's able to sink down in a kind of like that that robber role and just wreck stuff, just attack those crossers that the quarterback isn't seeing, or like you know just just stepping in throwing lanes. Just he's very instinctive. Once you get him a little closer down the line of scrimmage, you don't you don't want him down there all the time because that speed on the back end is helpful. But I think. If you can find ways to get him down there a little bit more, just kind of an agent of chaos, that's that's where he really, really excels. So, yeah, I don't think he's been terrible. He just hasn't been – I don't think he's – he hasn't been amazing. I was hoping he would like kind of ascend to like top five safety this year. It hasn't happened, but he's been, I think, more good than bad, but just have him wreck stuff. And what was the second part of that question? Um, so if you're eating late night at a diner, do you go breakfast food, dinner food? What's your order? Oh, yeah, late I night. always go – Always go breakfast food. If there's an omelet, I just always go omelet. Just something with a lot of just a lot of meat and cheese in it. And for me, I'll just answer the second part because Dusty covered <laughs> everything there. Um, typically, I will either order. It's always a last minute call. A burger um, late at night, and especially if I'm at a diner type place and they have a burger with an egg on it, then I can at least combine the two. So I'll do that. Um, but sometimes I'll just go, like I know at Denny's they have the Grand Slam breakfast where it's kind of a mix of everything, or I'll do something like that. So it's always a last-minute call, but if I can combine the two and get a burger with the egg, then, hey, best of both worlds. But, yeah, I'm kind of on board with you guys. Like breakfast at late night is, is the way to go. If I can't get tacos, like tacos is the, the thing, like the late-night special that I would always go to. But, yeah, if you're at a diner, yeah. A breakfast food, like a big thing of pancakes or a Belgian waffle is uh, soak up a little <laughs> the bit of the uh, the booze or something along those lines. Uh, last question we did have from Brian Hartstead, kind of piggybacked right on top of Matt Pickett's question. So um, it was kind of who do you prefer to face? So we will end up with this food question. And what is your favorite dessert, a cake, pie, or cookies? Dusty, what do you think? I mean, obviously it depends on which type of all of those, but default is just if there's cookies, I'm just going to eat a whole bunch of cookies. I love love me a good pumpkin pie, good derby pie, you know, coconut cream pie. Cake is cake. I'll just eat handfuls of cake. But if there's just all those three options ahead of me, just generic pie, generic cake, generic cookies, I'm just I'm taking the cookies, man. I'm also going to take cookies. Um, I love cookies, and you can, you have to think about it this way. A cookie, you can have it on its own, or there's cookie cake, which is a form of a cake. You also could have cookies crumbled on a pie, depending on what type of pie you're eating. So I think it's it's a bit more versatile than the other option. Yeah, I think I'm just going to go cookies because that's, uh, that's easy. There's so many different types of, of good cookies that nonstop that I won't stop eating like the you know, packets of Oreos. Yeah, Oreos fall under cookies. So, yeah, Oreos for sure, cookies. But, uh, guys, that's going to do it. We appreciate all the questions from Twitter. As always, make sure you guys are following us at Dusty Evely, at Sarah Kelher 4, at Steve Perhatch, and at Packet A Podcast. Um, thanks, thanks for listening, as always. We'll be back next week with a highlighted featured episode, a three-year anniversary episode for the, the Wednesday podcast team. Um, it's going to be really exciting. But before we go, let's uh, do a couple of closing thoughts. So, Dusty, what do you what do you got for us this week? 
Yeah, uh, I mean, it's great to be back. Appreciate everyone uh, for your patience and, and uh, you know, you specifically, Sarah, carrying the show for the past couple of weeks. I apologize for the sounds coming out of my mouth now. Um, I, I, I am not sick. I have not been sick. Uh, my throat feels fine. Thank you to everyone for asking. It's just, I just sound terrible and I've sounded terrible for the past three weeks. So I uh, appreciate the patience, all the kind words and thoughts as I've tried to get back from whatever's been happening to me. Um have still been writing, so I've got some stuff, you know, on, on week 18 here. So I've got yesterday impact report, and it's kind of slim pickings, man. I was trying to write about something on the defensive side of the ball, and there wasn't much to write home about from the defensive side of the ball. But I found a nice uh, nice run stop that had Oren Burks and Tyler Lancaster and Tipa Nalea to kind of combine and do some nice things. So that's over impact report. Uh, today, over impact report, I wrote about the drift concept, which plays off of uh, one of the core concepts that the uh, play action bootleg passing concept the Packers run it was something we've seen a lot they've broken that up quite a bit and it's got kind of a cool little wrinkle with a pulling guard in there so I kind of run down kind of the, the base of that concept and then kind of where they, where they took it that's on Packer Report and on Cheesehead TV later today will also be just a very abbreviated version of my normal column because I didn't really go past the first half Jordan Love was in they kind of simplified the offense a bit so I didn't really dig into a whole lot but they did like I mentioned this past week, they ran a, a play that I've been waiting for them to run legitimately since the floor was hired. It's called Leak. It's a, it's a variation of play-action boot, and it was the long Lazard touchdown uh, in the second quarter. So I've been waiting for that. I saw it on TV and just was like, yes! It's the only time of the game I showed any emotion because I didn't care what happened. I was really excited about that play. So I covered that play uh, in, in Passing Chronicles over on She's at TV this week, along with the uh, the only non-Rodgers highlighted play is a Deguara tight end uh, screen for a touchdown because it was Josiah Deguara. So I've got that going too. So <laughs> some fun stuff this week, even if it's abbreviated. Unsure what I'm doing next week. I don't know if I'm going to be looking forward to the next opponent or what, but uh, kind of, you know, closing out the regular season here. It's uh, 18 game regular season. I feel like it just started, uh, but it was uh, kind of another fun year at Cheesehead, kind of doing that and looking forward to the playoffs. Yeah. And for me, you know, no. No story this week since there's no game. So I'll just be enjoying um, some good playoff football, and I hope all of you do as well. And then, yeah, three-year anniversary episode next week, which is insane that it's already been three years. Sometimes it feels like we just started this podcast and we're screaming at Steve about Antonio Brown um, and all of that. At least um, I can admit I was wrong. Yeah, and we know. It's all right. We, we all make mistakes. Uh, so just thank you guys for listening over the last three years. It's been quite the ride, and we've all had the chance to meet now um, not all together, but we've at least all met at one point, and hopefully 2022 is the year we can finally all meet and be together at the same time. That would be awesome. But thanks just for listening. We're looking forward to another year of doing this for you guys and having some fun in 2022. Yeah, and just uh, final thoughts here. Just thank you guys, as always, for listening. We really appreciate uh having this this platform to talk to you talk packers with you guys all the time so and the, and the fact that you always interact on twitter make sure you guys are following us you know again at dusty evely at sarah keller for at steve perhatch at packaday podcast we really always always love those interactions but man um we'll be back next week it's going to be a really cool fun episode because crazy as it sounds it's been three years this will be our three-year anniversary uh 
tip of the hat to Sarah because she is the only one who writes this stuff down. We, Dusty and I would have no freaking clue that this was our three year anniversary. We'd be like, we'd look at each other like, yeah, we've been talking for a while now, huh? Okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Um, but I did kind of think back on this and realize that I'm like, Dusty, we, we kind of got to step our game up again, man, because we used to make fun of Sarah for being young all the time. Like, you know, yeah nap taking naps as a kid or you know juice boxes or goldfish crackers all that kind of stuff and we just don't make fun of her anymore like that it's just like making fun of her like a normal adult and it's kind of i don't like it i think she's it's something like, she's got a job you know like high <laughs> ranking she's wearing a shawl as we're recording she went to the u.n it's tough steve it's tough man you know it's just we don't i don't have the same jokes how do i make animal cracker jokes when she's sitting there like in a shawl, like just just looking so like you know, I'm cold or whatever. You know? Let the record show. I am wrapped in a blanket, not a shawl. Um, it's actually a blanket that Steve sent Dusty and I both for Christmas, which is very kind of him, mm-hmm. and I love it. It's a Packers blanket, fleece, very warm and nice. So, shout out to the Green and Gold Zone. <laughs> That's where I got it in Milwaukee. Um, yeah, so I think we'll, we'll we'll definitely work on a few things, but maybe we'll try to have a couple of highlights. Uh, I know Sarah you used to write down a bunch of the random ass quotes that we used to have from I the don't show. Think we so any of us? <laughs> I mean, yeah, we, we'd have to release like an an X rated version of the podcast. <laughs> maybe maybe Andy will uh, will will green light that for once, but uh, it'll be fun. We'll, we'll kind of bring back some of the fun stuff we used to, or you know, maybe some fun fun memories, and we'll ask for some from you guys as well. So uh, looking forward to that a lot but we will be back next week um you know wear a mask be kind and as always go pack go is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on that's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working the hvac is humming and his facility shines with Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces plus 24 7 customer support his venue never misses a beat call quickgranger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done